Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. At the end of the episode, I will read a chapter from Trying to Die in the Wild West. Maybe a death scene. We'll see how I feel, how much talking I want to do. I'm also kind of in a rush because I got to finish this before I go pick up the kids from school. It's Thursday. Friday mornings are now out of the question because I have to go train or I get to go train at 6 a.m. So not having time to do the podcast newsletter so much on Friday mornings. Or if I do the newsletter, it's going to be sent probably a little bit later than it normally is. But that's all good. I'm realizing how important it is for me to be doing exercise. I've talked about that before. I'm not sure whether or not it's going to be jujitsu because of my body. But if it's not that, I will go back into yoga, incorporating more of that. So we shall see. Don't know where I'm going to be headed with that. But that's part of what I was dealing with this past week. Went to train on Friday. Felt good. Was planning on going on Monday. My intention was to train every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's what I was setting out to do. But all weekend long, my knee was swollen. I was putting CBD on that all weekend long. Hip is in a lot of pain. Back was questionable, neck was hurting, had family over on Sunday. I was like, you know what, now I'm going to go on Monday. So I was just depressed. I don't want to say depressed. I was in a bad place. I was in a funk. I was, because on top of all the, dealing with all the emotions about being old, being injured, not sure if I can do something. I had all of the ego issues going on about, you know, just forgetting so much. I'm a purple belt, never a great purple belt, but I was at a decent level of jiu-jitsu, I felt, and it worked really hard to get there, and then to have to start all over and be like, I forgot all this shit, I forgot hand grip, I forgot movement, I forgot just, just everything, and then also struggling with watching the move and then doing it correctly, so kind of a disconnect there as well. So that was also part of the reason why I was, yeah, just bummed. But once I realized how much of it was my ego, that helped a little bit because, I mean, that's what the martial arts are designed to do is to smash that ego if you're doing it correctly. So I need to think about that. But I do want to be smart. I don't want to do something that's going to really, really jack my body. But today I feel good. I did a really hard yoga, well, not even a hard yoga session. I did a good yoga session yesterday, really stretching out. I did yesterday's morning class. That was awesome. I uh, just got done training right now with my wife and niece, Bailey. So we went to the 10 o'clock class where Coach Mike is coaching. Again, that was awesome. Picked up so many little things, fixed up so much. And so a lot of this is stuff that I never had before. So now my rear naked choke should be much, much better. Like all I care about right now is going, learning, having a good time, meeting good people, you know, already made several new friends through it. My wife is enjoying all the people she's meeting. Bailey's enjoying it. My son, Jake is loving class. He didn't go to school yesterday. We're going to take away jujitsu as well because he missed school, but he had to read like a certain number of pages. He had to do all these different things in order to earn going to jiu-jitsu, and, which is awesome. And he works his ass off when he's in there. So he really wants to, he wants to prove to the coach that he can do it. Hopefully my daughter will go tonight to class. We shall see. If she does, maybe I'll go to class with her. But I also realize I need to be careful in doing too much, especially with the knee issues and everything else. Like, okay, I need, I need to be smart. I can learn, but I don't know. need to go too crazy. And there's also... What rush is there, right? Like, why do I need to get 
really good at these things right away. Why not just go have fun and learn? So that is the attitude I am trying to adopt. Uh, and just because I say something, that doesn't mean I really believe it or that's how I feel. That is what I'm trying to tell myself to feel. Had a really good talk with my wife last night about my inability or my difficulty in just appreciating what's going on, relaxing, enjoying stuff, because no, even at seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night, I want to do something. I want to work on something. I have so many different projects in my mind. It's like, okay, not only do I need to do the end of death best, finish cleaning it up, you know, it should only take a day or two, but before I do that, I need to do this, and then I'm going to read Pat's story, and then I need to finish up this. Oh, I did the Wild West narration thing yesterday. That took like three or four hours. And so I couldn't do this. And then I wanted to do this. And so she got me to calm down be like, okay, well, how are you right now? Seems like you're in a good place. What if we just look at everything, you know, look at what I'm going to be going to Germany with, look at, you know, releasing books five, six, and seven in the next three months, you know, look at all those positive things and just appreciate it. And so that definitely helped me. I was like, but then even when that happens, even if I let go of work, it's like, I want to go play guitar or I want to go do something else. Or I'm going to go get on Duolingo and I want to be, you know, so I think a lot of that is just that needing to be productive, needing to do something, needing to, I don't know, it's not the best thing, but I also, you know, I like being driven. I like doing a lot of stuff. And yesterday, while my son was home, you know, I did spend a lot of time hanging out with him, even though I had a lot of work. I want to do work. You know, I let him know, yes, you do come first. I do need to do my work at some point. But, you know, while we're together, you know, we went to the pool maybe half hour, maybe an hour, trying very hard, you know, just thinking about him, enjoying him, not thinking about like, well, shit, how much time do I have left? How much time has this been? I want to go inside. I still need to finish that scene. So that is that's been the struggle, but also that's a good struggle to have, right? If I couldn't do anything, if I was lazy as shit, you know, and just didn't want to do anything, that would be a much worse problem, I think. Last week, I think I mentioned that the Spotify contest was over. I awarded those prizes. Everyone that responded, there were a lot of audiobooks given out. Hopefully, you guys are going to enjoy those. We had the second contest just in that I've been running. That was a Try Not to Die one only for newsletter subscribers. That just finished. I have not posted it yet. I'll post it today. Several people from my Dark and Disturbing group won a paperback. There was one person from outside the U.S. I forget the person's name. They're in Italy. So that will be the first book that I am delivering to Italy. Pretty cool. Hopefully they will dig it. I might wait for Death Fest. I don't know. I'll probably just send off these books as soon as they come in. I should be getting the books by next week which is awesome. That's right before the LA Times Festival of Books. That way I can take John Palisano, all of his copies. I'm going to give him, but I think a hundred or so copies of the Wild West. That way he can sell them at the fair. And the other hundred copies that I'm getting are going to be distributed. I will send, send all those out to my super fans, special people, people that have requested a copy, all that sort of stuff. People that have left reviews, people that have been cool, people that deserve it. A lot of people just ask for free shit and then they'll never review it. So guess what? Those people are no longer on my good list. So they will not be getting a copy. Unless you're family, I guess. And then maybe I'll let that shit slide. Maybe. Maybe. I haven't decided. We got to see how many copies I have. One thing I was bummed about last week, it was after I 
put out the podcast, put out the newsletter. I was just checking my KDP, my Amazon page, and seeing what sold that day. I'm like, oh, shit. I totally forgot that Twisted Reunion was on sale. So that's probably one of my stronger. It, that's the book with the most reviews. I think it's 430 reviews right now. Very good rating. That's the one I usually recommend people to if they enjoy horror. And I completely forgot to say that it was on sale. So sorry about that. If you don't have it yet, it was only 99 cents. Now you got to pay $3.99. Still probably worth it though, right? Yes, definitely worth it. What do we have going on now? This week, I remember to tell you what it is. 25 Perfect Days plus five more is free. So on Amazon, that book is free everywhere. You can check it out. 30 Interconnected Stories. Many which are probably becoming true. I think I set it for 30 years in the future. I think that's when I set the first date. I started, I wrote this book like 10 years ago. Lots of the stories were even before that. But then I put them all together into this world. But I said it 30 years in the future, based off of lots of things I was already starting to see, not only just in the U.S., but in other countries. I exaggerated them a bit. But when people are reading it, they're like, oh, yeah, that is kind of happening. So kind of scary shit. But read the book, enjoy it, review it, or don't like it, and then forget about it and don't say a word to anybody. So that's how we handle that. Uh, so that's all I can think of right now. I'm sure there's a lot more, but I got stuff to do. You guys want to hear the story. You don't want to hear me keep itching. But first, I believe you want to see who won the Flash Fiction Contest. As the very first one, I had only talked about it on the newsletter. I'll do more of these if you guys want. So let us get to it. There were some pretty strong entries, but I went with the one I liked the most. So let's get to it. This is by Emily Haynes, who happens to be an incredible reader, reviewer, super fan. Emily, thank you so much for all that and for submitting this. When I read this, I could definitely see a lot of similarities between the type of short stories I like to write, the kinds I like to read. And so here we go. This is by Emily Haynes, a piece of flash fiction. Lily and her younger brother, Zachariah, were home alone. She was babysitting after a day of antiquing with her parents. Their mother had purchased an old doll. It was very creepy with one eye intact, a blackened, melted face. It also had something fused to its hand. The object had a stain covering its length. Lily sent her brother to bed early because he was scaring her with a little doll. Zachariah kept telling her that the doll was hungry and that it wanted a special meal. After a little while, Lily heard a noise in the spare room. The noise got louder and louder. Whap! Bam! Scratch. Over and over. Lily went to the room expecting Zachariah to be waiting. The doll stood in the room, the object in its hand glinting in the light. Then a noise behind her made Lily spin around. She lost her balance as Zachariah came in the door. He held a large, very sharp knife. I told you, Lily, Mary Beth is hungry. Lily tried to run as he sliced her across the gut. She watched as her intestines piled at her feet. Mary Beth came closer. Boy, all I wanted was her soul. I know, said Zachariah, but I wanted a snack. He began to eat as Lily took her last breath. When their parents arrived, they discovered Lily's body. Zachariah was never found. All right, so cool. Nice, short, to the point. 
kind of know what's going to happen, but then a twist at the end. So I thought that was cool. She will be getting a paperback copy of 25 Perfect Days, signed, of course. Maybe in blood. Not sure about the blood thing. We'll see. All right. So that was that. Now let's get to trying not to die in the Wild West. Bye. Like I was talking about last week, John Palisano. This was his idea. Would not have written a Western if it weren't for John. So, John, thank you very much. Let's get to this. Dang, I should have saved my place, but I didn't. If you don't remember the story or haven't heard it yet, your name is Rocky. You're 16 years old. Your dad's a blacksmith. You're walking into town to sell all the stuff that he made, horseshoes, all that good stuff. Very heavy. Also worth a lot of money. In the last scene, you're at the very top of the hill. The town you're going to, Placeria Town, is down below. But you hear these horsemen coming up. You don't know whether they're friendly, not friendly. If you should hide, not hide. What you should have done was hide behind the rock. That would have been a smart choice. So let's see what happens. I snatch up the saddlebag and run behind the boulder, dropping my bag by my feet. Crouch down, I press myself against the rock praying no rattlers are coming out of the dozen holes surrounding me. My skin crawls just thinking about such a thing. Five horsemen fly by in a flash, a cowboy in black on a red mane chestnut in front, a giant of a man threatening to break the back of the brown quarter horse in the rear. They race downhill and out of sight, but it ain't easy prying myself away from the boulder. If Pa saw me being so chicken, I don't know what he'd say, but I'd still rather be safe than sorry. The other side of Pa would tell me I was being smart, not risking getting into a fight I couldn't win. Pa's a tough old man, but he loves me and doesn't want me lost over something petty. As soon as they're way down below and nothing more than a cloud of dust, I throw the saddlebag over my shoulder. This side of Telegraph Hill is not as steep, the trail winding down faster. I'm about halfway down when the dust from the horses finally settles. Their trail ends at Placerita Town. There ain't nothing on the barren stretch between here and there, and it's almost high noon. That means I've got to keep my eyes peeled because it's prime time for critters sunning themselves, searching for food and water, and not being too keen on being bothered by some two-legged man-child. Rattlers, scorpions, coyote, all sorts of danger in the desert. The barren stretch on and the sun's heating up. My canteen's close to empty, so I just take a small pull. There's barely enough water to give my mouth a thin coat and I know it won't stave off my thirst for too long. I'm grateful I'll be able to refill it in town. It takes most of an hour before I'm close enough to smell the outhouse behind the Placerita town that reeks from cooking in the sun. The town's small enough to see from one end of it to the other. The hotel and barber on this end, the Sidewinder Saloon and Cahoots General Store, the two biggest draws in the middle, the barn and tax shop at the end. I stick to the left side of the street, the Sidewinder calling my name. All I want is something cold and sweet and a chance to sell a few pieces before hitting cahoots. The hitching posts in front of the saloon are packed, the smell of horse shit overpowering that of humans. Stop right there, someone shouts loud enough to make me jump. It's Derek, leaning up against the side of the hotel, chewing on some loose tobacco, his jaw moving like a horse chomping hay. He's got me beat by two years, but he's on the small side, just like his dad, who's a miner. Derek nudges the bigger kid who's sitting on the wooden walkway, swirling something in a tin cup. Well, you look at that. Look who joined us. Ronnie, the sheriff's big but not very bright son, looks up. Where are you going? 
I'm tired, fellas. Just need a drink at the saloon. Then I'm going to sell some goods. Derek's hands are on his hips, his chest puffed out. Can't just walk right in here like you own the place. This isn't the first time Derek's messed with me, and I'm pretty sure it won't be the last. I'd keep it cool and point toward the saloon. Please? He walks closer and says, Not without paying the entering town tax. There's no such thing. Is for you, he says, sticking his face so close all I can smell is the chew. I know how this game is played. What's the tax? What do you say? Four horseshoes. You're out of your mind. Pa will... He grabs a tin cup from Ronnie and says, or drink this water. What's wrong with it? Nothing besides some mousy tears in there. He pulls a limp mouse out of the cup and tosses it over his shoulder where the black mirror stomps it flat. Derek gets in my face again. So, what's it going to be? All right, guys. Time to make a decision. Do you distract them so you can slip into the sidewinder? Do you walk right past them and fight if you have to? Or do you drink the water and wash it down with a soda inside? So, three choices. Hmm, which one do we want? Which one do we want? Let's go with... You know what? Fuck these guys. I'm going to walk right past them and fight them if I got to. Turn to page 78. That's right. I'm tired of them being bullies. All right. Oh, and that's how it starts. What do you know? All right. I'm so tired of being bullied and ain't going to stand for it no more. Looking at Ronnie because he's got more to lose, I say, move out of my way before I go tell your dad. Derek asks, you want to rethink that? Chugging down the water or handing over the horseshoes would be easy, but I stand my ground. No. Ronnie, take his saddlebag. Ronnie grabs it, but I pull it away. Leave me alone. I'm in a tug of war with Ronnie and don't see Derek kneeling behind me until I'm falling. I fall smack flat on my back, the bag knocking all the air out of me, making it so I can't speak. Ronnie snatches the sack off my chest and heaves it over his shoulder. I get up on my elbows. You no good numbskull, I say. My ego bruised as bad as my ribs. Give it back. It's like I pulled Ronnie's trigger, his eyes narrowing to bullets aimed right at me. Do what he says, Derek tells him. Give it to him, hard. Ronnie bends at his knees and hefts the 50 pounds of iron into the air, barely giving me time to get my form in front of my face. The bag shatters my form with a loud crack, buries my head into the road. My eyes won't open, my body twitching. Oh shit, Derek says. Get it off him. Ronnie grunts and Derek gags. I got no idea what my body's doing. Everything going cold and dark. Oh my God, Derek says, sounding far away. Bring the bag and grab hold of his leg. Can't let no one see him. Ronnie says he's got me, and there's a whisper about secrets and stories. The vultures that would finish me off. Way to kill Rocky. Terrible choice. All right. I shouldn't be the one deciding, probably. So, hope you guys are enjoying that. Next week, probably do chapter four, unless I'm feeling kind of weird and decide to go with a horror story. So, never know. That's why you got to listen and find out. And subscribe. You should be subscribing, right? 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 Appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Remember to check out 25 Perfect Days plus five more. I think it's on sale for about five days. It is free. If you've already read it, tell your friends. The more people reading my stuff, the better. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Hope you have an incredible weekend, and I will talk to you.
later. Peace.